Hello, this is Pastor Corey Ehrman. You're listening to my podcast. I hope it blesses, encourages, and inspires you. I pray that the Holy Spirit will touch you through this teaching. Thank you for tuning in, and God bless. Go to Matthew chapter 2. Praise God. I, I, I think we were here last week, but I, I feel led to go back here and just share. Matthew chapter 2, verse 1. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem. Everyone say wise men. Why were they wise? Because they came looking for Jesus. Amen. And actually, if you really look at the real definition of the meaning of what wise men are, there were astrologers, as you will find in the Amplified Bible, astrologers. So these are people that gaze the stars, study the stars, apparently. Right, And so they had been doing this for a long, long time. And we are, we're about to find out that they saw a sign. Everyone say a sign. a sign. The sign of the star. Right, This was a special sign. It was a unique sign. And they followed this star. And so they show up saying, verse 2, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star. Okay, His star. This is not a star. This is not a star. This is not some regular star that's always been out there. His star. It's a special star that marked a special event, a special occasion. It's only happened once, and it'll never happen again. His star. We saw his star in the east, and have come to worship him. Now, how is it that these wise men or astrologers come all the way from the east you know how is it that they've been searching they've been studying the stars and they they recognize this one star and not not only did they see a star and followed it they knew the meaning of the star that this star signifies the birth of the king of the jews that they must come and worship him amen how would they know that well they knew that because these men are actually coming from persia babylon Persia, which is where the Jews were sent into exile. And of course, there were prophets in the days of exile that prophesied about the coming of the Christ. And so they had the, the Old Testament prophecies of these prophets, and they had been studying not only the stars, but they had also obviously recognized a fulfillment of a prophecy. Amen. And then you can find that in Numbers 24, 17, Jeremiah 23, 5, and Zechariah 9, 9. So if you have the Amplify, you will see that those references are given in the Scriptures to what, what they're talking about. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all of Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together... He inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So they said to him, in Bethlehem of Judea, in Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, amen, Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, but you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you shall come a ruler, a ruler. Everyone say a ruler. That's the king of the Jews. And he will shepherd my people Israel. And of course, that comes from Micah chapter 5, verse 2. So now, of course, there's more prophecies. 
And if you actually look at it, there are over 300 prophecies, 322 to be exact, prophecies about the Christ in the Old Testament scriptures. And many have been fulfilled. Some were fulfilled at his birth. Some fulfilled in his first coming, in his life, in his death, burial, resurrection, ascension. And there are a few that haven't been fulfilled, and those will be fulfilled in his second coming, the return. Amen. And of course, some of them are, are about the millennial kingdom. Some about, are about the eternal kingdom. So it's just amazing the number of prophecies. And it's impossible for any of these things to happen by chance. All right? If you just take eight of them, you ready for this? If you just take eight prophecies be fulfilled together, just eight of the 300 plus prophecies, just eight of them to be fulfilled Statistically, if you're a statistician or, you know, if you look at the probabilities or whatever, all, just eight of them to happen would be one with 17 zeros. One out of one with 17 zeros, whatever that number is. It's gazillion. One out of a gazillion. I mean, that, that, that just shows you how impossible it, it is for this stuff to happen randomly because people just think that it, well, yeah, you know. If you look at people that are religious or if you look at people that are atheists and they don't want to believe and they'll come up with all kinds of reasons, but it's impossible. It's, the, it's a statistical impossibility. And that will be equivalent to filling the whole state of Texas with pennies a foot high. You ready for that? Filling the entire state of Texas with pennies that are a foot high and just taking one penny and marking it and throwing it somewhere randomly and you go and just pick one out and you find the one. I mean, just think about the statistical impossibility of that happening. And just, that's just eight of them. You hear that? It's like a cutting out a little bit. But anyways, we'll figure that out later. That's just eight of them, guys. Anyways, so that's all for, for all of you engineers and mathematicians out there. Who enjoyed that little piece there? Uh, there's a few of them, a few of you out there. Okay. I got to have something for you too. All right. And for those of you that I just lost, let me get you back because, you know, you know, we, we were told that there were three wise men, you know, right? But there was actually a fourth one. But he was turned away because he brought a fruitcake. But a boom. <laughs> so don't bring a fruitcake when you come to worship the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. <laughs> I needed a drummer there, but boom. Okay, anyways, you can give me some sound effects. Boom, boom, boom. Hallelujah. Some of you are wondering where you showed up here today. This is the River Church. We have fun here. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> it's the main event. and It gets quite eventful. All right. When Herod, then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star had appeared. All right. And actually, look at the Amplifier. says, accurately, as... These wise men astrologers secretly and, and accurately to the last point ascertained from them the time of the appearing of the star. That is how long the star had made it itself visible since its rising in the east. And of course, later on we find out that he had all the children under the age of two killed. So it, they had actually been on a two-year journey. All right, I mean, it's not like you can jump on a plane and fly an hour and get over, get there. I mean, they had to travel from the east through mountains and deserts and all kinds of treacherous terrain to get there. And, of course, following the star that was moving. So it's just a supernatural event. 
And God's people in Jerusalem are clueless. Yet these people coming from the east, they had eyes to see, ears to hear, hearts to understand. And then God's people are totally deaf, blind, and have no clue what's going on. That's the sad part. But anyways, then he sent them to Bethlehem saying, go search for the child carefully. By the way, child at this point, not a baby. He's not a baby in a manger. He's actually a toddler now. Probably crawling, maybe walking, probably walking by this time, right? Okay, walking around, all right? So he's not a little baby now, like he was a baby in the manger. This is a couple of years later, all right? He says, go search for the child carefully and diligently, and when you found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. And of course, we know that he had no intentions of worshiping him, right? He wanted to murder him. When they had listened to the king, they went their way, and behold, the star which had been seen in the east in its rising went before them. I mean, this is an interesting star. So this is not a regular star, guys. This is the Holy Spirit. This is really a manifestation of the Holy Spirit to lead them and to guide them. When they had, um, so they're following the Holy Ghost and stood over the place where the young child was. When they saw the star, they were thrilled with ecstatic joy. They rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. I like that exceedingly great. God doesn't just give joy. I mean, he's just not a just enough God. He's a more than enough God. I mean, when he gives joy, it's like exceedingly abundantly more. Ecstatic joy. Hallelujah. <laughs> they rejoice with exceedingly great joy. What, what would that be? That would like some, being somebody being beside themselves. That's my kind of meeting. Jerusalem is troubled, perplexed, stressed out. The wise men from the east, excluding the one that brought the fruitcake, of course. <laughs> he was sad when he was turned away. He had to go join the Sadducees because he was Sadducee. All right. I mean, you think you're going to travel two years, risk your life, and not get something from the Lord? Are you kidding me? God is no man's debtor. It's impossible to sow your life, your time, and the way they did and not get blessed. Amen. Hallelujah. When they saw the star, or can, can we say, when they saw the Holy Ghost. Come on now. When they saw the Holy Ghost, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. The joy didn't come from a star. It came from the Holy Ghost. Because this is the kingdom of God, right? What is the kingdom of God? Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. So uh, basically, they go to the house and a Holy Ghost meeting breaks out. I mean, the wise men are doing a Holy Ghost jig and maybe one of them was running around. I don't know. When they saw the star, or when they, saw, when they saw the Holy Ghost, how come some Christians are sad? 
I think they haven't seen the Holy Ghost yet. They've seen the inside of a church, but they haven't had an encounter with the Holy Ghost. When you see the Holy Ghost, when you get touched by the Holy Ghost, Now, this is when it's starting to get exceeding. Like, and some people are like, hey, it's too much. Okay, I mean, a couple of ha-ha-ha, it was okay, but now it's getting a little. Well, it's exceedingly, exceedingly great joy. It's got to get to the point where somebody's got to say, man, that's a little too much. Yes, God is, a, God is a too much God. I mean, when they saw the star, they were thrilled with ecstatic joy. And on going into the house... They saw the child with Mary, his mother. They fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasure bags, they presented to him gifts. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Not fruitcake. Not a pair of onesies. And a little tinker toy little matchbox car no because they were not just coming to a child because if you go to a child you know you two-year-old you're going to bring gifts for a child but they were not coming to a child they were coming to a king and when you come into the presence of a king when you come to worship you have to bring gifts that are worthy of a king gold frankincense myrrh those are expensive things that would be worthy rare things of the time rare things rare things that would be worthy of a king and they worshiped him they fell down and they worshiped him and then then we find out the bible says that being divinely warned in a dream they went about another way because if they had gone back to herod as it was originally planned herod would have tortured them to find out where the child was they would have he would have killed them after torturing them and of course his whole intention was to murder the child so think about this one wants to worship one group the other one wants to murder him one loves on him worships him brings him gifts the other one couldn't even care less the other one wants to actually get him out of the way and that's really basically the dichotomy of what we deal with there because there are two kingdoms there are two kingdoms there's not a third kingdom a fourth kingdom or a fifth kingdom there are only two kingdoms there's the kingdom of God and then there's a kingdom of darkness so you're either in one or the other you either serve God or mammon you can't serve both you love one you hate the other and of course Herod it's all about him his wealth his power mammon spirit of mammon but these men who basically didn't even have a covenant with God just based on some prophecies of the Old Testament and following this sign come and find Jesus and worship him Thank you for tuning into my podcast. I hope that you have been blessed. I would like for you to consider two things. Number one, subscribe to our show to receive notifications of our new podcasts. Number two, support our ministry of reaching the nations with revival by clicking on the link in the description or visiting our website, riverwpb.com. Thank you for tuning in. Look forward to you joining our next podcast. God bless you.